Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for the opportunity that we have to look and to share the message of the birth of Jesus. I pray, God, that the words that I say in the next few minutes would be pleasing to you and that they would encourage our faith and and bring us closer to you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Christmas is one of those seasons where you have a lot of close encounters. First of all, you have close encounters with your family as you see people you haven't seen for a while. And oftentimes you, you're either cramming in vehicles to travel and visit or people are cramming into your house and you're, you're rubbing shoulders with the ones that you love. And it's a, it can be a joyous, exciting kind of close encounter. Some of the other close encounters are maybe a little less exciting the close encounters you have with strangers at the store as you're frantically rushing around and uh, elbow to elbow or um, traveling down 1960 in uh, the last three weeks or so. Yeah, those are close encounters that I'm personally not very, very fond of. But there's also a, another really important close encounter, and that's the encounter that we get to have every Christmas with the Christ child. During the Christmas season, we share lots of stories of, of other people's close encounters, uh, and they stick with us and can really inform, uh, inform and transmit that message of Christmas. There's a Christmas carol where we hear about Ebenezer Scrooge and his, um, the, the way that he had been living his, his life uh, in uh, traveling down the wrong path. And it's on Christmas Eve night that he has a close encounter with three spirits of Christmas that change the trajectory of his life. And we see him make a turnaround as he sees the error of his ways and endeavors to live differently. And then there's It's a Wonderful Life. And we hear the story of George Bailey, who has come upon some rough times. And at his most desperate moment, as he's about to make a terrible mistake, He has a close encounter with Clarence the angel. And it's during that encounter that he sees the importance of his life and the way that he has impacted others. And it's from that point that he he recognizes that he has a reason to go on and he's able to find the strength to carry on. In both these stories, you see lives that were never the same after their close encounter. And in the Christmas scripture that Leanne has uh, been reading to us tonight, we see a story of shepherds having a close encounter with God's angels. And there's, there's no doubt that that close encounter changed their lives as well. The angels gave them a message that was both life-changing for them, but also brought change to the world as millions and millions of people have had their lives changed by that message leading all the way up to us that are here tonight. The scripture says, then an angel of the Lord stood before him, them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for see, I am bringing you good news of a great joy for all the people To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. And it's in this scripture that you hear three titles given that describe and lay out what it is that encapsulates what the the importance of this little tiny baby that's laying there in the manger. A Savior, 
Messiah, and Lord. These few words encapsulate this theological message about who the baby is and who he was and who he is going to become. There's Messiah, a Hebrew word meaning the anointed one. Hundreds of years of prophecy had been laid out before Jesus' arrival, talking of a Messiah who would come and usher in a new kingdom of God. He was going to be a descendant of David and was going to sit and rule from his throne forever. And we see that fulfilled as later on in Matthew, Peter confesses when Jesus asks him, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. However, Jesus wasn't the kind of Messiah that was ushering in the kind of kingdom that everyone was expecting. He had a whole lot more to offer and it was way different than what they were expecting, but so important. And then the angel says that he's going to be a savior. And for there to be the need for a savior, it means that there's something that's wrong that needs to be set right. If all is well, we have no need of a savior. And we like to be the kind of people who can do things ourselves. No need for help. It can be difficult to accept help sometimes or to admit that we need it. It reminds me of the movie 28 Days with Sandra Bullock. She's in a treatment center for chemical rehab. And she ends up having to wear a therapeutic sign around her neck that says, confront me if I fail to ask for help. We all should probably from time to time have one of those signs. We need help. We mess up. All the way since our, the, our earliest parents back in Eden, we have a tendency to choose our own way rather than God's way. And sure enough, it can take us to where we don't want to go. We need a savior. It's this type of savior that points ahead to the cross and ultimately to Easter and the resurrection, which announces the death of death and life eternal for all those, salvation for all. And the angel also just said that he was going to be the Lord. Now, we as Christians, we kind of gladly proclaim that Jesus is the Messiah. We acknowledge our need for a Savior, and we appreciate what he's done for us in the past with his life, his death, and his resurrection. But to say that he's Lord, well, that brings Jesus right here into the present with us. A Lord, a ruler, master, the one in charge. And that's, if there's another, if there's one thing that might be more difficult than asking for help or admitting that we need help, it can be giving over control. We want control. Control in what we study at school, what and where we drive, what to read, even what we watch on TV. We like to have what we want when we want it. Who we associate with, what we do with ourselves on a Sunday morning, not to mention the rest of the week. But the angels announced that Jesus was born to be the Messiah, the Savior, and he was born to be Lord. That kind of encounter, that encounter of a close kind with Jesus in all his fulfillness, fulfillness as Messiah, as Savior, and yes, as Lord. You know, that moves us into a future where we've given ourselves over fully to God to Jesus as our Lord, it means that he's the Lord of our life and we let him guide and lead our paths. 
it's that kind of encounter, the encounter of the Christmas message and what it, what it truly means that will transform our lives. And if we let it, will change our lives forever and change the lives of those around us. It's my hope and prayer this Christmas that as we, as, we, as we sing, as we worship the Lord, that as we leave this place, we don't just leave this place uh, and, and, and pass on by and not let Jesus leave with us as the Lord of our life, leading and guiding us. And in that way, we'll have a close encounter with Christmas that will be meaningful and will change the course and trajectory of our lives forever. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for coming for being our Savior. Thank you for, for meeting us where we are, and thank you for being the Lord of our lives. I pray, God, that you would guide our way, that you would lead us, that you would wrap us up in your arms so that we can feel your love. Thank you for being our God. In Jesus' name, amen.